weird that I'm kind of down on Ohio State right now. They, they just played one of their one of their better games, and I just there's some they left a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know which game exactly it was that I'm just continuing to hang on to. I just it, it feels like Penn State might legitimately have a chance, and I don't know that if you would have told me this four or five weeks ago, I would have thought the same thing about what we're currently seeing. You know, we they had a guest on earlier on Afternoon Drive who basically threw Kyle McCord straight down. I was like, I don't think he's been that bad. I don't know that he's God's gift to football. I don't think he's been that bad. All right, for more on this, let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. His name is Brendan Gulick. He joins us here on 92.3 The Fan. Hello, Brendan. How are you tonight? I am terrific, JP. What's going on? Uh, not much. Uh, just I want to give everyone an update, by the way. So Brendan owns and operates all of the – basically, if it's a Northeast Ohio Sports Illustrated team, he's there. And then he also does Ohio State as well. Uh, congratulations on building up your own little media empire. And congratulations on the acquisition of the Browns. <laughs> Thanks. That was unexpected. Uh, I appreciate it. Like man. A Northeast you know, Ohio like- Robert Murdoch. Uh, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slightly less problematic, but just as just as hell of a guy. Uh, you know, it uh, it's kind of interesting how sometimes things just unfold in ways that you you don't expect. I mean, if you'd have told me when I was in college that you know this would have been the the publishing side of my career would have taken off like this, I'm not sure I would have believed you. Um, still have an awful lot of ambitions and goals on on the broadcast side, and love doing play by play, and love hosting, and um, this has become a really, really cool part of my professional career and um, awfully grateful that Sports Illustrated's trusted me to, to run these sites. I've got a lot of guys and, um, you know, guys I can lean on that are all over the place. And um, it's cool, man. It's a lot of fun. I'm grateful to have access to cover these teams and, um, you know, hopefully other people find the content uh, some combination of educational, informative, and entertaining. I'm happy for you. Now let's get down to the bread and butter here. And uh, I want to talk first about (laughs) Drew Aller, the Medina kid, Penn State quarterback. They haven't made too many big plays, Penn State, uh, but it's it's an interesting story. Uh, He wanted to go to Ohio State. Like his girlfriend goes to Ohio State, but he ends up at Penn State. It's got to be weird for him this weekend to take on the Buckeyes. I don't know if I would say so much that it's weird. Um I have heard that Drew didn't really enjoy the fact that he wasn't Ohio State's top quarterback recruit because he was very clearly the number one quarterback in the state of Ohio. And the Buckeyes were moderately interested, but not like drooling over him, right? Ohio State offers Quinn Ewers, who is, you know, he's got literally a perfect recruiting rating. He's the highest recruited, highest rated kid, you know, God's gift of football out of Texas. Quinn reclassifies, comes early, and now Ryan Day's got a roster management crisis, and he's trying to figure out how to make sure he's got a quarterback for the next year, and Drew's already committed to Penn State. And it sounded like when Ohio State went back to Drew, they they went back to him respectfully, knowing that he was committed to Penn State. Um, but when they had reached back out, it sounded like Drew basically said, hey, you guys weren't really interested in me the first time around. Thanks, but no thanks. Look forward to playing against you for uh, a few years. So, um, I, I don't know that he has like a passionate dislike for Ohio state, but I think he was probably a little upset. The Buckeyes weren't as interested the first time around and, uh, you know, he's going to have a big opportunity, man. This is as big a game as both of these two programs have played 
Uh, I know Ohio State's played in some big ones, man, but this game has so much riding on it for both both teams this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, Quinn gets offered, you know, like a million dollars in a car, and, and Drew Auer gets a, hey, uh, hey, well, we'll keep you on reserve. I, I get I get what happened to the kid. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and then Quinn decides uh, he'd rather go back to Texas. Okay. Um, this is this is a tough landscape in college football right now, man. I'll tell you right now, I – I don't think a lot of these coaches, uh, despite what they say publicly, I don't think a lot of them are enjoying it. It is yeah. it is almost as much time spent recruiting the guys on your own team to stay as you are recruiting guys to come fill spots the next yeah. year. I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, you I'm sure you heard Urban at the Knoxville uh, quarterback club, and not only him just dismissing the Michigan State job, even though he then went on the very next day flanked by Jerry DiNardo on the Big Ten Network and was like, <laughs> yeah, hey, let's break down Michigan State film. Okay, Urban, okay. But he was talking, a very interesting point. He's like, you know, back in the day, he used to deal with one guy with an agent. That was like an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator. Now, if you're a head coach, every player has an agent and they're telling you, talk to my agent. It's got to be maddening. Well, it's not only that. I mean, look what Gene Smith just had to do in front of Congress. The the athletic director for Ohio State goes and testifies in front of Congress, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago at this point and said, yeah, there are kids on unofficial visits that want $5,000 to come visit school. Like, wow. what? But there are places where they're getting that. So, you know, they're going to ask for it. I mean, it's just, just like, that's, that's, it's insane to me. That makes no sense. But that's where we are. We've created this monster. I say we, and I don't want to lump myself into it because I have hated a lot of that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the world we live in now. Well, you know, one, one time, uh, Brendan, I've offered up my services to the Browns. If they ever needed anyone that could be like a, uh, like basically anyone that played a lot of Madden in life and could be a game management guy <laughs> and, and can just tell Kevin Stefanski when to do timeouts and when to do like manage the, the clock and everything, I'm good at that. I can do that, right? I will offer up my services to any D1 program right now. I can, I'll come up with a title right now. It'll be called Official Bagman, and I'll deal with everyone's agents and I'll deal with every kid, and I'll look at what they are and who they are and be like, you're worthy of this, and then we'll make it happen. For one half of 1%, That's I right. certainly do a lot. I, man, I, I, I'll come very cheap, all things considered. The amount of money I'll be spending on their behalf, I'll come very cheap. I love it. I love it. Do you love Kyle McCord? You know, I like him a, a lot more than I think other people do. Um you know, it's it, here's the thing. It, for people that live on Twitter or or whatever your social media drug of choice is, um, you get caught in this world that feels real, and it just isn't. Um, and so you read things or you hear things about certain players that that you know like seep into your your vernacular, and and all of a sudden you think like, oh, all of a sudden those are my thoughts now, and, and like you have a hard time separating fact from fiction. Kyle McCord is going to be a very good quarterback. Um, I'm not sitting here planting my flag in the ground saying he's going to be a first-round draft pick that's going to make a gazillion dollars. There is no reason, though, why this kid is not going to be an NFL quarterback. Like, a legit NFL absolutely could make a career as a professional quarterback. He sees the field well. He's got the arm strength. Um, he certainly has enough mobility to, to have, you know, the, the chance to, to work in the pocket or escape when he has to, um, 
He has benefited from the fact that he's got some really talented skill position guys around him, but he hasn't exactly been sitting there super comfortable because Ohio State's offensive line has been average this year. They haven't been terrible, but they're certainly nowhere near as good as they've been. Um, and, and, you know, through all of that, Kyle's a young guy learning on the job, and he's had exactly one turnover all year. And it came in the first half of the first game. He threw one interception. Um, I, I like Kyle a lot. I am really glad that Ryan Day made the decision he's the guy and hasn't looked back. Um, if this team doesn't succeed, doesn't, you know, well, it succeeds probably not the right word, but they're 6-0. If this team doesn't, you know, quote-unquote, meet their goals, I don't think that's Kyle's fault. I, I truly don't. I really like the kid. I, I think he's going to be a good player for a while. You know, what's fascinating is that I because you mentioned the, the lack of turnovers that Kyle had given up, and then I, I, I earlier I was looking at Drew Aller's stats, and I'm like 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And then remember the uh, Hartman at Notre Dame also entered that game at the time, you know, for Notre Dame with zero interceptions. Feels like really good quarterbacks right now, and guys we feel like are really good quarterbacks, whether it's Notre Dame, Penn State, or Ohio State, they're doing a really good job this year in particular, Brendan, of limiting the turnovers in a way that we're not typically used to. Yeah, I mean, you got three offenses that are clicking, three quarterbacks that are taking care of the ball, uh, playing for three coordinators that are pretty darn good. Um, you're right, it's it's a little rare to kind of see that, but th- this is such an interesting game on Saturday because they're, there's so much at stake for both teams, and you know it could come down to who makes a mistake. I mean, literally one turnover could change the whole thing. For Ohio State, you know the expectations they've placed on themselves are astronomical. And Ryan Day's 51 and six. Okay, mm-hmm. he, there's only one coach in the last 50 years that's got a better winning percentage through that many games than Ryan Day does. He's 34 and two in the Big Ten. Any school in America would take that and run. But at Ohio State, if you if you don't beat Michigan this year, it's three straight losses. And not to mention, if you don't win this game Saturday and you don't beat Michigan, you're third in your own division. You don't you're not gonna make the college football playoff. It, not if you're third in your own division. It's not gonna happen this year. Um certainly you're not going to the Big Ten championship game in, in that instance as well. So there is an enormous amount riding on Ohio State because they, they can't afford to finish that low in their own division and continue to, to you know, fend off the outside noise, the outside pressure. For Penn State, it's all about opportunity. They have, they have kind of separated themselves the last five, six years from the rest of the Big Ten and put themselves right on the cusp of being an elite team in college football. They're, they're like that next level down. And they've played Ohio State better than just about anybody. Um, they've been a huge thorn in Ohio State's side over the years. And some of the most dramatic Buckeye wins recently have been Penn State games. But if they can finally get over that hump now, oh, th- this is wild. Penn State basically gives themselves two chances to make the playoff because – The question that everybody's asking right now, Jonathan, is, well, what happens if Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State all go one-and-one against each other and win every other game? How does the tiebreaker go? This is ridiculous, but it's true. The the tiebreaker scenario in that case 
is actually that you, you go uh, in the pecking order down to the number five tiebreaker scenario where it goes to the aggregate record against your conference teams in the other division. And Penn State, assuming Iowa continues to play well, Penn State is going to have a better record against the West than either Michigan or Ohio State will. So if they finish in a tie, Penn State would go to the Big Ten title game, not to mention Penn State has a chance to play Michigan coming up in a couple of weeks. So there is an enormous opportunity riding on this for Penn State, too. Do you think Michigan's the best of the bunch, or is it too early to tell? No, right now I do. Yeah, I hate saying that. But right now I think Michigan is probably the best of the three. It's not a huge separation. All three of these teams are the real deal. Ohio State is in that conversation because their defense is so much better this year. Um, I, I mean, I think Penn State's probably got its best roster that they've had in a long time. To your point earlier, they haven't had a lot of explosive plays, mm-hmm. but that's largely because of the fact that their defense has created so many turnovers. Their average starting field position is so strong. They're not taking 30 or 40 yard shots down the field because they don't need to. Um, their time of possession is like best in the country. They get after the passer just about better than anybody. They've got really good linebackers, and they've got, I think, two cornerbacks that are going to play in the NFL. This roster for Penn State is absolutely primed to win this game on Saturday for sure. Um, And frankly, I think Michigan is the best of those three teams until they have it proven otherwise. You know, Michigan and Penn State haven't been super tested this year. That's, That's definitely a fact. Uh, but I have a hard time betting against Michigan's rushing attack right now and their physicality at the line of scrimmage because that's where they have beaten up Ohio State the last two years, and I haven't seen a drop-off in Michigan's offensive line. Ryan Day pulled a Kevin Stefanskyism and said that uh, Travion Henderson, he was hopeful that he would play, and that's that's like basically out of Stefanski's <laughs> playbook and talking about Deshaun. Hopeful. I hate it now. I can't stand hopeful. Uh, is You're not hopeful? I, I hate it. I, hopeful now means to me something way different than what it used to after Kevin Stefanski did that with Deshaun Watson. So now I get, I'm just left to ask you, your, your judgment, your opinion. I know you're not a medical doctor. I, know, uh, I, I don't know if it's even a fair question to ask, but if you had to bet on it, do you feel like Travion Henderson will be out there for the Buckeyes this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful. Oh, that was uh, – just put it on Look, a tee for I mean, you there. I, I mean, here's the thing, man. Yeah. Like – that that is Ryan Day or or Kevin Stefanski's way of saying like, yeah, I would love it if he played. I guess we're going to find out, aren't we? You know, like <laughs> I, you can be hopeful and and be pessimistic at the same time and not admit it and not be lying. Um, I do think Travion Henderson is going to play. I would be really surprised if he doesn't. I don't know how full bore go he's going to be, but I would be surprised if he doesn't play if nothing else, because he probably feels the weight of needing to be on the field in a big game, knowing how last year was you know, problematic for injuries for him and knowing that that room's a little banged up right now. Yeah. It's, it's an embarrassment of riches what Ohio State has in most position groups, certainly running back among them. But there is a chance that Ohio State is missing its top three running backs going into this game, and that is – Wild. Kind of a scary solution. Is now, there an asterisk the on this game? Running back Dallin Hayden is legit, and he played great last weekend, and he played great last year. 
but still, like that's that's a tall task, man. I mean, if they can't play, is there an asterisk on this game then, or are you guys just going to say like, no, no we're Ohio State, you just got to win this? No, it's there. There are no asterisks. You figure right. it out. It's you when when you recruit at the level that they do. When you're 51 and six in your last 57 games, and you make no bones about it that you are trying to win a national championship, and that's that's that. Like it doesn't matter. You are always being hunted. Uh, you just got to figure it out. My right, last one. Have you put the sticks away or no? Oh, I, I mean, kind of. I'm sitting here wearing a Pacific Dune sweatshirt, daydreaming just about, dream about the good times. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you're a busy you know, guy now. You're a media mogul. You know, <laughs> you're a busy guy. I still have time. This is the time. It, I mean, it all like all kidding aside. This time of year for me, I just I love fall golf. I don't really get to play it. Uh, I played on my honeymoon a couple times, but I've been home for like a month and a half from that. Uh, and I have played two times since then. I got invited to play in the Hall of Fame golf outing at Firestone, nice, uh, which was a blast. So I, I did that. Who were you paired up with? For the second year in a row, I got to play with Orlando Pace. Rode eighteen. Was that, was that Orlando's uh, request? Two years in a row. Uh, I actually don't know whose request it was for year two, but you know, year two, he must've loved year one with you. Have you got year two? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Orlando Pace gets to call uh, his shots. That's a big honor. I would take that as such. He, uh, he, for being an enormous human being and you know, you're always, you're not like intimidated in somebody's presence, but you're like, God, you're big. He's a big (laughs) teddy bear, man. You know, he's just a, he's a big, lighthearted, good dude. Good swing or no? Good swing? Oh God, no. No, it's impossible I mean, with that frame, tries. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I'll give him the, you know, A for effort for, for you know, going out there and playing because you just can't move. It's a slot machine. You can't, you can't make a swing. Yeah. With that. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, I love how passionate he is about the game. And he definitely had a better swing this year than he did last year. There we go. But I don't think he would try to pull the wool over your eyes and tell you that he's any good. All right, Brendan. We'll check you. That. Yeah, we'll check you out at Buckeyes now. Okay, Buckeyes now. Any anything else you want to plug really quickly where people can check you out and uh, all throughout the week and then the week uh, the weekend during the game as well. Yeah, Buckeyes now certainly the spot. We did a great uh, uh, podcast this morning with the publisher for Penn State's website on Fan Nation. It's called All Penn State. Did a forty five minute sit down with him today. Just back and forth talking about both teams. I think there was a ton of great info in there, so you can check that out on our YouTube channel too. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate you, man. We'll we'll catch up with you later.